Hey, everybody. Welcome back to a new episode of The Daily Objective. I am Rucka. And as always, we've got the last of the Greeks himself, Nikos Sotikakarakapoulos. And we have a lot to talk about today. Nikos, how are you? I'm very well, thank you. So today the topic is the social media so-called purges against voices and some characters in the wider conservative movement. I would put it more specifically the, the, the Trump bandwagon, so to speak. So there has been a lot of things happening in the last years with people losing their social media accounts. Sometimes this is all many social, many media uh, platforms at the same time, as it happened, for example, with Alec Jones. Other times it's some platforms. So yesterday, uh, YouTube banned the channel of Stefan Molyneux, who was active there with shows for, I don't know, some like eight years. And the discussion is what is happening. So whether is this a politically orchestrated, let's say, effort to silence Trump's voices. A lot of his fans say this has to do with the fact that we're in an election here. Then you have many on the right claiming that this is censorship, which is an issue of its own. So a lot of things to discuss. And even with Reddit, for example, yesterday, they banned, I don't know how they call them, like Reddit channels. The one called the Donald, which at some point had close to like 800,000 people. And again, the reaction was that this is election, uh, sorry, interference in the elections, as they say, and with the usual calls to Trump to uh, regulate social media. So what do we make of all that? There's a lot. Well, I mean, I've heard that Trump was banned from Twitch, which is a popular streaming site. Now, Twitch are known for banning, pe banning people a lot, often without a good reason. So usually I just uh, say, well, that's just um, inadequacy on Twitch's part. But when it comes to the president, like there's no, no one would ban him by mistake. They know exactly who he is. And it, it speaks to the sort of um, the, the rift and the uh, uh, lack of touch that the people in Silicon Valley have that half the country can elect a person that Twitch considers to be violating their, you know, community guidelines. It, I think it, it says something. The fact that the Donald that it's called a subreddit, I believe, um, that that was banned from Reddit. Also, just so blatant, and I think will work against getting Biden election uh, elected, in my in my estimation, because uh, censoring oh, something. It's gonna it's gonna work against Biden. Yeah, it's ultimately gonna make people more enthusiastic for Trump because. You know, nobody was relying on R slash the Donald to inform their politics, but hearing that it was banned riles people up. So that's my estimation. But when it comes to banning people like Molyneux from YouTube, that is more of an ideological kind of a long term kind of battle that I see going way beyond any election. That is I mean, that is a move. Um, now, I don't I haven't watched Molyneux very much and I uh, haven't watched anything recently for sure. Um, I saw him tweet to give you an example of the type of things he says. I don't know per se that he was saying this on YouTube, but I imagine he was. Uh, when Jeffrey Epstein was, it, it was um, exposed by the media that he had been molesting children on his island, right? Um, Molyneux tweeted out, I wonder if any of the children Jeffrey molested were Jewish. Like that was his take on that, that, you know, the Jews, they don't molest their own. They molest others. That's how I took that tweet. 
That's the type of point of view he expressed on Twitter. I imagine that type of thing was also expressed on YouTube. Now, it, it needs to be said, that type of attitude is perfectly acceptable if you take out Jewish and, you know, put in white people. You know, white people are going around molesting, you know, through history, molesting and killing these other. It's perfectly acceptable to say that, to group people together and to um, sh uh, project collective guilt on a group of people. It just depends which one. So it is worth pointing out as much as I dislike Molyneux and as much as I'm, I'm not going to miss him. It is perfectly acceptable in in the culture we find ourselves in to be bigoted in some cases and not in others. And the only solution, you've heard me say it a million times, is individualism. And of course, that comes with a full corollary philosophy that and that's where the nerds come in. That's where the smart people need to uh, take philosophy seriously in order to have individualism. Back to you. Thank you. So I, it goes without saying that no actually it goes with saying because most conservatives don't get it that if you have a private company and if you have a social media platform you can do whatever you want so i would be happy not ha i would accept twitter saying like the example i give to my students is private property means i can have a pub and not let anyone in like i can discriminate against specific or against everyone right that that's either you have private property or you don't of course in the west we don't but that's another that's another discussion. So all this discussion by conservatives, oh, you're a platform versus you're a publisher. The discussion should be, is this private property? And if the answer is yes, then that should be the end of the discussion. And I was very disappointed, although disappointed would assume I expected otherwise, that even people like Ted Cruz don't get this. So we had Ted Cruz some years ago being, I think, in the Senate or in Congress with Waving Atlas Shrugged. When Re reading about, Atlas Shrugged. Yes, reading cards from Atlas Shrugged. Yeah. <laughs> and, now, now, and now he's happy with regulating social media. Having said now, all that. Oh, yeah, yeah. sorry, go. Well, you're saying he doesn't get it. He gets it. He knows exactly what he's doing. And Ben Shapiro originally uh, advised him to, to go this route of the publisher versus platform. Now, that distinction, that, that distinction does exist in law. You know, you are responsible for slandering somebody if you're doing it with your own um public you know publishing uh utility versus if you just happen to put out a platform and let people speak on that platform you're not legally liable for any slander that takes place there but what they're saying is that if these social media companies have an opinion that or like that they have a bias that they let's say censor conservatives more than they censor liberals then they're now a publisher and that's just not true it's it just that it's 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 a stretch as we might say and it's, yeah and uh, even if it was true their point should be let's move towards a direction where these people are, are free are, are freer of regulation. You don't we don't want to make these regulations even more draconian so as to, to so as to service our agenda. But here's where I'm going. There's this very beautiful quote from Katz 22 that which say, which says that just because you're paranoid doesn't mean they're not after you. Okay. So what I see happening here is that yes, these people are really they have really bad ideas. I agree with you on what you said on Molyneux. I haven't followed him since probably 2015, where it started going downhill towards some form of, I don't want to say race realism, but it's almost, it goes towards that way. And, and as you said, lately, we've also seen some weird stuff about, you know, Jews and all that stuff. So this is not a defense on, on Molyneux. This is another question, though. The question is, 
Is it a good idea? Not is it a good idea. They can do whatever they want. Is it a good cultural atmosphere where social media believe that the Overton window is so small and also that we are, the, 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 the audience, is so stupid that we don't, we can't make our mind ourselves and we need them to help us. And it's also interesting to see who gets banned and who does not get banned. So for example, and this is not a suggestion to go to, to Twitter to start banning more people. For example, Richard Spencer, who is, let's say, the personification of alt-right and the evil of al Renosa, he still has his Twitter account. And he, of course, he's very quiet there. You know, he, he's very, very careful. Or Anne Coulter, for example, uh, she still has her account. And again, this is not to say that she shouldn't. But it's interesting that people who kind of turn their back to Trump kind of get away with it. So I think this is part of why they say, oh, this is an attack on Trump. And let's remember something on Trump. Trump in 2016 won in terms almost of a social movement, right? And this doesn't mean you have good and bad social movement, but it had all the characteristics. It had a lot of grassroots mobilization. You had all the quote deplorables. That's why, by the way, we put it on the type. People like uh, Molyneux, Coulter, uh, Milo, uh, Alec Jones, and they they uh, they reappropriated this term. So there was this poster from the the from that uh, movie with Stallone and Schwarzenegger, and they had their faces, and it was called the deplorable. So that was kind of the idea that all the outsiders come together and support Trump. So I do think that Trump is going to quote miss these people. He's going to miss these lieutenants, let's say. So he hasn't got his general. His general was uh, Steve Bannon. He hasn't got him anymore, or who knows? But I mean, in the open, he hasn't got it. He hasn't got his lieutenants. We don't know if he has the feet on the ground, which were like the internet kind of activists slash trolls. So it's going to be a different a different uh, campaign. I think it's that's why he plays the law and order thing. In 2006, it, it was... I'm coming and I'm bringing with me the deplorables and the outsiders. Now it's kind of, I am protecting America from, from uh, the looters, uh, the, the, the rioters and whatever his message is gonna be. Do you think there's, do you think this is gonna change also his chances of winning or not? I mean, I, you know, take my opinion with a grain of salt. I think Trump is going to win because mm -hmm. um, the power of incumbency is strong. People are used to having him there. And also the opposition to Trump has gotten so crazy. Um, you know, people associate the statue pulling, like the vandalizing George Washington covered in paint. I mean, this is not a Confederate um, general, right? This is, I mean, even when just Confederate statues are just pulled down without due process, you know, without going through the motions, people take that as uh, an attack on civil society, on civil order. So um, with all the craziness happening out there, and as I, I think, you know, like we discussed the silent majority the other day here, I think there is sort of a silent majority that you'll, you'll hear from them on election day. A lot of people are going to vote for Trump just because they associate the madness with the opposition against Trump. Well, if I had to make a prediction, and we can always have Lord Emperor go back and edit this out. <laughs> yes. I would also say 
if I had to bet my money, I would bet that Trump will probably win again unless he 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 manages to to go beyond how beyond himself and how bad he can be and 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 kind of ruin it for example. And by the way, I was saying the same thing 2016, but it will be on different terms. It won't be on the terms of this kind of outsider coming into to kind of take a, a, this kind of stormy campaign. Now, one more thing I want to throw in the discussion is the culture in Silicon Valley. And here, I'm not sure I agree with some uh, other people in, in the objectivist movement. So yes, the productive achievement of these people is great. The productive achievement of people like Zuckerberg, of people in Google, they've made our lives so much better. They make this thing possible, which is very important. However, after some point, because of all the things that you say, how important culture is, how important ideas are, I'm not sure anymore where the balance is in terms of there being a power for good or a power for bad. So here's an example. Do you remember the summer of 2007? Uh, sorry, 2017. This poor engineer in Google who wrote a memo explain why the, maybe the pay gap is, uh, is not an issue of discrimination, but could be for other reasons. So what happened then is that obviously the guy lost his job, but that's not the interesting thing. What I found most interesting on that story is a very small detail that almost didn't make it to the media, that the Google CEO or one of the top two guys, I think it was the CEO, had to stop, had to put a halt in his vacation and fly back to the US to deal with this topic. And he said like, like, oh, I'm very sorry. I realize, you know, a lot of people are in distress. So the question is this, if you have, if you run an organization where the culture of organization is so, I don't want to say corrupt, but it's so problematic to use the term of the other side, it's so problematic that it's a major issue that the CEO who is super busy has to stop, has to put a stop in his vacation to fly back because one guy, one guy said something using, by the way, tens of sources and something which shouldn't be so controversial. There's something happening there. And the other day we saw that there was a big backlash in Facebook because Mark Zuckerberg didn't uh, fact check Trump. And I'm very interested, for example, do these organizations fact check, for example, Ahmadinejad, who has a, apparently a Twitter account. Some, two, some years ago, I think even Hezbollah had an account, but this might have been an urban myth because you can never know, you know, I can't read, so I, you can never know if that's official or not. So there's something in the culture of these big organizations that I think is really, really, is really adding up to, to what is wrong in the culture today. And I wonder at some point, at which point, this should become an issue where we criticize them and where we kind of tone a bit down our admiration for their productive achievement. I mean, there's a lot there. I think a lot of objectivists would, or most even, or the good objectivists, I think would agree with basically what you said there um, in terms of facts. Like, yes, you've got amazing productive success stories, but mo many of them, virtually all of them, are carrying water for these horrible philosophies. And I think the best objectivists would answer you saying, Silicon Valley is a symptom. In the culture in Silicon Valley is only a microcosm of the world outside. 
So, you know, like it's, it's like when we were talking about Israel versus the Arabs and you were saying, like, why don't people hold the Arab countries to the same standard as, as Israel? Like you're expecting that everyone to be objective and to look at things through the same um, prism as you, but they don't have the same philosophy as you. So in, the, in their worldview, the Arabs have one standard because they're indigenous or what and all of that versus the Western light skinned. Uh, capitalist Israelis that control everything, they have a different standard the way people see that. Similarly here, you're, you're like waiting for Silicon Valley to be as rational as yourself, but they're not. They all went to college or they were influenced by people who went to college and they learned, you know, that, that some groups of people are institutionally oppressed no matter what anybody does and other people are institutionally oppressing one another no matter what they do. At the same time, their constant ongoing daily experience shows them that reason is an individualistic mechanism, that a good life is rationally selfish. So they've got these conflicting um, philosophies internally. They're all neurotic. Half of them are on crazy medications, both to deal with this neuroses as well as to keep them working all hours of the night. I mean, you're, you're trying to make sense of something. It's almost like you're trying to play God and decide, like, are they ultimately morally good or morally bad? I mean, they're mixed. Just like the culture is very mixed, you'll drive yourself crazy trying to understand and and to and to and to kind of uh, morally assess the whole thing. Um, watch Tim Pool's appearance on the Joe Rogan show. You probably saw that where the the CEO and his PR uh, uh, head lady were there to defend Twitter, and you can just see the impossibility of them finding any uh, clarity because on one hand you have Tim Pool who's you know, he once told me in person when I when I met him that every he said I could prove that every philosophy is bullshit. He told me like, like I could prove to you, he told me, not just he believes he could prove to me that every philosophy is BS. That's where Tim Pool is coming from versus a PR lady. God knows what she's trying to contend with all these conflicting things where she told him, like, look, we've got you telling me to stop censoring the right. And people on the left are telling us that we're not censoring enough, you know, so like we're, we're, uh, we're, we're going to go crazy if we try to uh, morally evaluate everyone out there and this industry, which really is a, a bunch of individuals in Silicon Valley. Ultimately, we need to take a breather. We need to maybe look into some calming, soothing medication. But the greatest medication of all, of course, is philosophy. So focus on what is true. What are we for rather than what's wrong with all of those people and what they believe? words to to live by so you know what they say about good relationships that sometimes you need to take a break from each other so tomorrow we're taking a break from each other and the audience is taking a break from us so tomorrow the co-hosts are josh and gloria and they talk about the psychology of virtue signaling but i'm sure at some point we'll be back and our relationship will be renewed and we'll have a new intellectual flame how about that sounds great and uh, i'm looking forward to watching that and in fact i'm sure we'll be back at some point because we're scheduled for later this week yeah but now you took away the, the suspense I said anyway. later this week i didn't say when true right that was it thank you very much everyone and keep watching the show it's gonna get better and better thank you bye bye